Blog Talk Radio. and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, you can't get over it, and I had my... Uh... I had my receiver all suited up, ready to go, and sure enough, our good buddy Kirk Osborne, KO Crew, comes in and steals my man, Tory Smith, who I'm counting on a big, big season this year. But that's okay. The draft is going on, and your draft is going pretty well, buddy. What do you, what do you say, Michael Trent? Uh, hey, what's going on, Scott? And uh, hello to everybody. And uh, it's it's going pretty well, man. I can't complain. You know, we're just uh, kind of in and uh, making some things happen over here, so uh, just having a lot of fun. Uh, Peyton Hills just went, but uh, yeah, just having a lot of fun, Scott. Uh, had some power outages, but uh, we're back up and uh, going right away. Power outages, storms, hail, nothing can stop you, my man. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue, high-stakes fantasy radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us Part of your night, I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. As always, I'm joined by the big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. And Mike, the, the chat room here, the crew at Red vs. Blue is heating up. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the regular brothers, Mayhem, Gridiron, Irishman, Henry Muto, Mino Brown. we got our very own Wayne Ellis, who was the, 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 the star of the show, oh, the high-stakes oh, fantasy host. Yep, uh, Urinal Mint, Mino, Henry, I already talked about. We've got Allie Funk, Tan in the house. 
Ron Jeremy makes a special appearance. Uh-oh, look out, Allie. And uh, Fantasy QB's in the house, so welcome to all the crew. We are drafting live the pros versus Joes, the FFPC. This thing's been going on all week long, Mike. Remember the FFPC format, dual flex, one and a half points per tight end reception. You have to keep that in mind. So tight ends, you can't just go to war. You know, uh, throwing a tight end out there like, you know, um, uh, Dustin Keller and that's it or something. Or, you know, I, I saw some really terrible, terrible decision-making going on in some of these drafts earlier in the week. And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world – did you guys read the rules? How can you go to war with just Heath Miller and Tony Scheffler? Or, you know, you're going to war with Mercedes Lewis and uh, Chris Cooley? I'm like, you guys did not read the rules. The tight end position, the dual flex and the one-and-a-half point for reception, you, it's imperative that you get at least something on the board every week. And if you have an injury at that position and you don't back it up, the other teams have a decided advantage against you, Mike, and, and it's just very hard to make up without that tight end. It really is. And uh, so far, when I look at my draft board, uh, we're getting ready to uh, – I've got three more picks, and it's a ninth round, fifth pick, and I have zero tight ends on my board. None. Nada. Donut, babe. So, uh <laughs> I mean, but, you know, I, I thought that Tammy would be there for me, and uh, but he's not. So uh, I might go shopping elsewhere. And, uh, yes, a tight end well, is a very crucial position. But uh, I, right now, I mean, i got to go for the best available. Yeah, at, at this point, Mike, you have to get your tight end. This, I mean, think about it. You um, you have been the only only team on the board. Uh, well, I'm sorry, KL. Kirk Osborne has also passed on tight end as well, so he obviously has a sleeper lined up. Chris DeVault from uh, Fantasy Freaking Football has also passed. So uh, there's three teams here left without a tight end. You definitely want to get one here. And you remember our rapid-fire segment from a couple of weeks ago. We broke down the tight end position, and we went round and round with those guys, Selleck, Gresham, Tammy, Cook, and one other name, Mike, it was Greg Olson. you got to remember, Jeremy Shockey's not there. That was another 30, 40 balls that he got. That's got to be a consideration. And I know you like the kid, the rookie from Stanford, Kobe Fleener. So it's one of those guys that's got to be on your radar here. Uh, it's up to you. So you, you go ahead and make it happen. We'll still be here. Uh, luckily, I did put a lot of time into that rapid fire a couple weeks ago and, and kind of figured out where to get these guys. I took Selleck at the 6-1 and then came back and got Gresham at the 7-12. That's just how I have them ranked. I thought Selleck was an absolute beast. If you look at his splits from the last half of the year, the guy's on fire. Now, obviously, tweak the knee. I don't know how bad that is or what's going on, but I've just got to really ignore a lot of the camp bites that you get, the sound bites and the clips that you get from all the beat writers. You really – can't let that stuff, you know, get too overblown. Now, unless I missed it today, I didn't hear about, you know, major surgery or something going on with Selleck, so I'm just going to keep my fingers okay. crossed that, that that made sense. And, Mike, you decided on Kobe Fleener over Greg Olson. Yes, I did. And, you know, that was pretty tough. As a matter of fact, I threw a, I threw another one in there uh, that I was kind of, you know, wrestling with myself. But uh, I went ahead with Kobe Fleener. uh that team's going to have a lot of opportunities to throw the ball. They're going to be coming from behind, and it might be a very good opportunity uh, for him and Luck and and the entire team to just kind of have some fun. And I, I, I sense that that's what's going to happen. They might win two, three games this year, 
they might win, hell, five or six. But, you know, I, I sense that they're just going to get out there and have some fun and get uh, comfortable and then in the following years uh, just do even more than that. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We are drafting live at the Pros versus Joes contest. Uh, this is draft number ten. There's got a draft. We have a draft tomorrow as well uh, to wrap this thing up and put a bow on it. Uh, Mike <clears throat> Fleener was your tight end there. I- I'm curious if there's anybody in the chat room here at the crew that believes that the other rookie. The product, uh, Dwayne Allen, I think he was from Clemson. He was the uh, he was the best tight end in the country, according to the uh, awards he received. I wonder if there's any chance, any possibility that year one, maybe, you know, if at all, that Dwayne Allen is actually the better tight end. Uh, he's not a receiving – he's not doesn't seem like he's a receiving mole. He doesn't have the chemistry with love. So everything points to – Fleener having a bigger year, but is it is it possible that we have this wrong and and this will be one we look back on and it's like wow Wayne Allen was the better tight end. Sure, I mean you know I I think that uh, right now I you know I'm just kind of reaching, but uh, there could be a standout come week four or five that says wow uh, you know this is this is the guy and we we all missed it. <laughs> So uh, you know that's a very good point, Scott. Uh, you know one that I've never thought of. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of reaching for something. And uh, but there's always going to be those sleepers that's that's going to uh, grab you. I'm really, I'm really surprised that Peyton Manning is falling to the end of the ninth round. It seems like he has. You know, we're going to talk about him tonight, obviously, and as part of the rapid fire, our, our rapid fire tonight. Is the mid-tier quarterback position? You wait on your quarterback. You don't get a stud. What do you do? You have the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Tony Romo, Matt Ryan, and Philip Rivers connection. All these guys kind of going around that area. We could have thrown in Jay Cutler. We could have thrown in Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Schaub. But we decided on those five, Mike. Uh, and, I, and I think they all bring a some, little bit something different to the table. So I'd like to get in the chat room uh, your rapid fires. We definitely have them from Twitter tonight. Uh, but if you miss out on that stud quarterback, you have some great options this year to really uh, maybe even take two of these guys and you're really set uh, at the position, you know, you're, especially in a draft master. You like to have those two quarterbacks to be able to compete with those guys that took one of the studs, Mike. Well, you know, and that's what I was going to bring up, Scott, is uh, you, you, in a draft master format, in a 26-round format, I think a lot of teams are pretty much uh, they're going to grab that quarterback, their top-tier quarterback, and they're, they're going to wait and wait and wait because we're talking about 26 rounds, guys. I mean, it's not just like you're 20 rounds and done. I mean, 26 rounds, so it's a lot of time. So, uh there's there's a lot of time to where you can get your fillers, I like to say. You, you know, your running backs, your wide receivers, your third, your fourth uh, running back, wide receiver. And if nobody's taking that uh, that that second quarterback, then they're just going to wait. And finally, Peyton goes, does he? And Peyton Manning is off the board. The Peyton Manning alert is over. Justin Myers from DynastyFootballWarehouse.com. Waits on his quarterback until the ninth round and lands Peyton Manning. Again, we will be breaking down the quarterbacks. I am on the clock, actually. I'm going to go ahead and take my pick here. Da, 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 da. Okay, yeah, I don't like this guy. I don't like that guy. 
Forget about him. Forget about him. Mike, go ahead and take but over it is the show. Kind of fun. Yeah, go ahead. It is I'm gonna make fun. While, while you're uh, while you're looking at it, just to uh, break down the uh, quarterbacks and how they go. They go early, and then there's crickets. And the next thing you know, starting in round nine, ten, eleven, twelve, here they start coming. It never fails in the Draftmasters uh, format. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, there's a lot of tight ends on the board. I went ahead and took another one. You can really never have enough of those tight ends, man, especially at one and a half points per reception. You get a, a tight end that catches just 60 balls and turns into 90. Uh, there's definitely that type of potential I see with Olsen, so not to not to beat a dead horse there. Uh, I, I have went a little overboard at that oh, position. Okay. But that's what, uh, that's what we like to do here. And then I'm going to go ahead and take it. I'm going to go ahead and I'm take sorry. a flyer for the comeback comeback player of the year potential in Sidney Rice. Again, it's not a form, not a player that I have to put in the lineup every single week, but in the draft master format, I just like to kind of continue to throw wide receivers at you uh, late in the draft. And these are guys that are going to have big weeks and they're going to have clunkers, and I'm okay with that because you only have to start two uh, or three. But you know, I took the value as a tight end, and I'll, and I'll see what Sidney Rice does, but. Let's go ahead and start breaking down some of these teams, Mike, and some of the strategies. I want to start with Team 1, Daniel Mall, FFDS. Uh, he starts with Arian Foster. Again, that's uh, you know kind of the money pick there at the, at the first pick. His backfield is Arian Foster, Michael Turner, Jason Witten, Drew Brees, very solid, Marquez Colston, Vincent Jackson, Jared Cook, Bolden, and Holmes. Um Mike, there's not a lot of risk with that team. I don't see much risk at all. I mean, yeah. Foster Turner's going to give it to you. You know what Whitson and Breeze are going to do. Colson and VJAX, very solid one-two combo. And then to have two veterans like Bolden and Holmes, uh, again, guys that you wouldn't want to start every week, but in a format like this, why not? It's not a big deal. And then he backs up his tight end. I really like what Daniel Malls did from the one spot. Yeah, it's pretty safe. Uh, it's, it's pretty safe just by – Going ahead and taking the logical, the quote logical picks uh, that are in front of you, uh, and it seems uh, it seems kind of weird we're talking uh, late July, early August about the quote logical picks. But let's face it, there's, there's only been one guy that's really holding out uh, a training camp, and that's MJD. I mean, there's a few other rookies uh, that haven't signed, but for the most part, everybody's pretty much in there. So. Uh, he he took the safe bet in going in in every uh, pick that he chose. So, I you know I can't complain with anything he's done. Very good uh, look at the draft there. It's a nice copy to uh, follow. If you have that one pick, you might want to take note of what that type of draft looks like right there. Uh, the tight ends kind of went at about the average rate that I've been watching. Nine tight ends through the first five rounds. Sort of that's kind of been the trend. Uh, so nothing really out of the ordinary in this draft. Although I thought the backs went a little fast. I thought the wide receiver value continued to fall. Mike, you know, you got great value uh, where you got Jordy Nelson there. I thought Wes yeah. Welker going – I mean, Wes Welker going to Jeff Schmitz, Fierce, one of the best high-stakes players there is. Uh, that late in the third round was very surprising. Cruz is a guy that I consider, you know, at the mid-second. Uh, and to see him go in the late third. And then – you know, A.J. Green, I got at 4-1. Greg Jennings, 4-2. I mean, Mike yeah. Wallace, you know, he's not going to hold out. You know, I mean, these guys just don't hold out. So, I try not to get too carried away with the uh, with the camp stores. So, 
Been a very typical average draft. Not a lot of surprises here. Let's look at number two, the team, thepigskinguy.com. Thomas Casales, Ray Rice, Aaron Hernandez, Matt Stafford. So very similar to the one pick, running back, tight end, quarterback. Uh, uh, look, I mean, it's almost identical through the first five, six rounds there. Then Dez Bryant, Gore, and Decker. Those two teams are identically built, Mike. And I don't know, which which one do you like better? Oh, man, I mean, that's pretty tough. It's just going to uh, depend on, I hate to say it, but uh, which player gets hurt and which one doesn't. I mean, if they're all healthy at the same time, uh, both teams, uh, it, it's going to be very difficult to say. Uh, one week, one guy's going to get hot. The other one, uh, the other guy's going to get hot. So it's going to be it's going to be very difficult because that's how, that's how tightly uh, bunched they are. Uh, they're commenting in the chat room about Fierce's team, Jeff Schmitz, again, one of the better high-stakes fancy players. If you look at what he's done, he's assembled a stable of running backs and wide receivers along with a stud tight end in Vernon Davis. He has waited on his quarterback position, and, you know, he's still going to come out of here with a very nice combo quarterback set. There's still good ones out there. Luck, um, you're talking about Freeman, Matt Schaub, um, Roethlisberger still out there. I mean, he can really put together a nice, a, a very solid combo of quarterbacks here and, you know, have a dominant stable at wide receiver. Well, you can do Fitz, Welker, Austin, and Bo every single week, and you only have to start two running backs in that case. you got Vernon Davis, McFadden, and then he threw off four running backs, Starks, D'Angelo, Ben Tate, and Jacquez Rogers. All he needs is one of those guys to start every week, and, and he's going to roll this thing. Yep, so, I'm going to grab real quick. Sorry, Mike. Yeah, Mike is on the clock. Let, let's let him have his time here. He's uh, 20 seconds left in the 10th round. He has a quarterback in Brady, has a tight end in Fleener. I might consider backing up that tight end if there's somebody available. His running backs are Steven Jackson, Reggie Bush, Chris Beanie-Wells, and Mark Ingram. His wide receivers are Calvin Johnson, Jory Nelson, Deshaun Jackson, very solid Mike, and then Michael Floyd of Arizona. Real, a a big flyer pick there, Mike. Yeah, you know it was. uh, You know, I was looking at some other things. Uh, The only reason I took Michael Floyd, uh, to be honest with you, was because of an interview that I heard uh, with uh, uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And he had a lot of big things to say about this kid. And, uh, you know, it, it just made me feel good. And I, I was like, well, I'm going to uh, probably take him a little bit earlier than I should. But uh, it's one of those things, you know, take a chance on that. Well, that will be a de- de- debated pick in this draft, Mike. There goes a couple of quarterbacks. We might see some of these quarterbacks go off before Jeff can get a chance to really utilize this strategy and fill up his quarterback position. If, if people start to go ahead and get those backups, it just depends. I mean, if you're a Breeze, Stafford, or Brady owner, do you really feel the need to back up your quarterback right now? I mean, I know I've got Cam Newton, and I don't really have any desire at all. I just want to keep firing away at, at players that might, I can plug into my lineup. So, um, I, you know, it's just one of those things. You will have to watch, wait and see how it how it shakes out. I do want to shoot over to the rapid fire for a second, Mike. The rapid fire tonight, again, uh, is sponsored by Bud Light, by the way. We have uh, this week's rapid fire, middle-tier 
quarterbacks. If you missed out on the quarterback, what do you do? How do you rank these guys? How do you break it apart? That's why the rapid fire is here. I'm going to go shoot over to Twitter and find out the interactions here on Twitter. We have uh, Ryan McDowell. Ryan McDowell ranks them. Eli Manning, Tony Romo, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, and Peyton Manning. You know, it's very interesting to see uh, the two guys at the bottom of the list, Philip Rivers and Peyton Manning. I know dynasty-wise you might rather have the other guys, but when you look at Philip Rivers, this guy for five years being underneath Norv Turner, he's averaged 4,400 yards and 28 touchdowns. Uh, the problem he had last year, the 20 interceptions. Um, I'm sorry, he averaged 41-50 and 28 touchdowns. Uh, 20 interceptions last year. He's lost Vincent Jackson. You bring in Robert Meacham. Uh, you throw away Eddie Royal. Uh, you, you're trying to develop the kid in Vincent Brown. And you take away his, really, his safety net, which Mike Tolbert, I know people aren't talking about this, but don't you think Mike Tolbert is going to affect the passing game? He's a great blocker. He has yep. uh, tremendous skills out of the backfield uh, on swing passes and just little dumps. He would take those things to the house. I mean, we'd see it all the time. So, I don't think people are really, you know, giving a lot of credit to the loss of Mike Tolbert in the passing game. They're kind of giving all that, you know, of course Ryan Matthews is going to benefit from that. But I don't think people are really talking about how that's going to impact Phillip Rivers in the passing game. And you have to think it's it, it's going to have an impact. I just I find it hard to see how a guy like Phillip Rivers, who's done that well for five years under North Turner, is going to go this late in a draft. I mean, it just seems like he's always the value pick. Well, you know, Scott, these uh, these five quarterbacks you're talking about, uh, it's it's such it's such a different scenario when you're talking uh, winning games versus fantasy football, high stakes fantasy football. What we're talking about right now, what we're talking about right now, are we're talking about the quarterbacks that can give us the best opportunity to bring numbers to us. The best opportunity. We we don't care if they win a Super Bowl, okay? We right. just want them from week one through fourteen or thirteen or twelve to do the best job they can do. Now, when 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 I talk about that, Eli Manning is out of the equation. I'm sorry, he is out of the equation. He he might be number five. Uh, Romo gets pushed up in front of Eli in that scenario. And it's crazy when I say that because it, it, the New York Giants are the most disloved Super Bowl franchise that there's ever been. But when we're talking about fantasy football, hey, the numbers are the numbers. We have to look week one through 12 and 13. I'm just, uh, again, uh, Rivers is one of those guys that's disrespected, but I don't know. Have we ever had another quarterback be as disrespected as Eli Manning has been over the years? We're going to talk about him right after right after we look at these next couple of picks. You're on the clock, Mike. You go ahead and take your time. I'm going to move. Uh, I'm going to look back at the pigskin guy here and see what he's done. Des Bryant, Eric Decker, Randy Wayne, very nice trio. Ray Rice, Frank Gore, Ridley Hillman, kind of piecing that. That uh, two, three, four together to get you a starter. I don't think Gore is an every week starter anymore. I think he showed us that last year that that time for Gore is now over. But in the fifth round, you can't argue with the pick at all. Jacob Tammy backing up Aaron Hernandez, very solid. 
you know, I would have liked to have gotten away with two tight ends. Um, but the top five guys that I had on, on, on my team, I really couldn't, I couldn't make that leap. After the stud tight ends were gone uh, through the first five rounds, on my fifth pick, you know, I have to now say I can't have two tight ends through nine. I have to have three tight ends uh, through the first ten rounds. I really thought that that was a strategy going in. If you don't get two through the first ten, you need to have three. Uh, if, if you don't have that stud tight end there to anchor the position. So um, you look at what he did with Hernandez, backing it up with Tammy, very smart. And then he also backed up Stafford with Cutler. I think it's a little early for me. I think I probably would have taken another flyer at a running back or wide receiver for that team. Look, I think you got Stafford. You don't have a lot to worry about in this draft match, at least unless he gets hurt. But you could take care of that with the backup quarterback for Stafford. Just go ahead and lock that down to alleviate that concern of him going down. Um, I, I am going to back up Cam Newton here eventually. I don't know when. I think I'll probably continue to throw throw some darts. The guys like Brady and Rodgers. Rodgers already backed. Chris DeVolt already backed up Rodgers with Rivers. Very surprising pick in this format. But, you know, you'll have to see. Now, again, one of the more interesting picks here, uh, the interesting teams to watch, is Jeff Smith. I'm going to continue to go back to this until he takes his quarterback going to be real interesting to see what he does to get that quarterback position on lock. He's lost out on Schaub, Cutler, and Roethlisberger. There's plenty of quarterbacks out here, though, that he can still take a flyer on, Mike. Andrew Luck is out there, Andy Dalton, Carson Palmer. A lot of people are predicting big things for Ryan Fitzpatrick up in Buffalo. And, you know, you got some names like Sam Bradford, Jake Locker. The funny thing is, Mark Sanchez was a top ten quarterback last year in fantasy. Not a not a guy you want leading your team to the Super Bowl, unfortunately, as Jets fans here, but you was a top-10 quarterback in fantasy football. What do you make of that? Well, you know, it's just uh, like like I said earlier. I mean, Mark Sanchez is a, is a great fantasy player. And for whatever reason, uh, he's not going to get in love because he's just like uh, Tony Romo. They, they do great in the fantasy season, weeks one through – 12 and 13, but after that, it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. But so, I mean, I'm looking at winning my league, and if, if if it means that I have to draft a Tony Romo or a Mark Sanchez to do that, then so be it. If they're going to give me the numbers, then I, I'm, I'm gaining with it. Fantasy QB in the chat room, uh, looking at Phillip Rivers' tough tough schedule. Uh, that's Dominic LaFerriere. Look at this schedule for San Diego, weeks 12 through 16. Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and the New York Jets. Very good knowledge drop on us at Fantasy QB on Twitter. Uh, Mike, that is a tough schedule. I don't know if I'd like to go to war with that and count on that when you are needing your quarterback to lead you in the playoffs. And you've got guys like Rodgers and Romo and, and Stafford and Brady and Breeze and all these guys putting up 30-point games on you uh, late in the season. If you're counting on Rivers, that may be something you want to you wanna really uh, t- take heed of. Well, yeah, that's true. And, uh you know, that's where, uh, you know, we're talking about this mid-tier quarterback uh, conversation as far as rapid fire. Uh, you know, Eli Manning, I mean, he's got more Super Bowl rings than uh, Tony Romo has playoff wins. So, 
when we're when we're talking about coming down the stretch, uh, that's where Eli is going to. I mean, he's going to propel to the front of, of this entire group. You know, uh, have, have they did they announce that uh, Martin is the starter in Tampa Bay? I mean, did I miss that? And did that just happen today or just recently? I'm I'm, I'm trying to understand. You know, uh, I think the fantasy community has anointed LeGarrette Blunt uh, the backup, and I think. You know, we have this tendency to not think about the coaches and really give them the credit. But uh, if, if he is falling asleep and, uh, and and showing up late for all these, um, you know, uh, all, these, all these meetings, then I can understand that. But I, I haven't really heard Shiano come out and say that Blunt's been a disaster. There we go. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, no, I, it's not that uh, – I think the community of fantasy football has pretty much said uh, Blunt's done. It's going to be totally a running back by committee. I mean, it's going to be half and half. And I don't mind taking Blunt, which uh, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind them doing going ahead and taking Blunt. I mean, I took him last week, so I don't mind taking Blunt. <laughs> All right, Mike. We uh, Kirk Osborne is on the clock. I'm getting ready to pick. You know, you think I should? You think I should back up MJD at some point around here? I mean, when, when is the appropriate time to take your handcuff? Uh, if you have an injury, you would like to not have to forfeit the season and not have your star running back out. It seems like this is about the time you kind of do something like that. I'm not. I'm not sure. All right. Well, uh, let me go ahead and uh, break your team down real quick, Scott, because uh, you're getting ready to pick, and uh, you, you're, you're going back to back. So, uh, you know, Scott, you have uh, Cam Newton and uh, MJD, uh, Trent Richardson. Uh, you know, the MJD deal is. It's going to be a little tough. It's, it's going to be strenuous uh, for every owner that's going to go ahead and draft him. Um, I don't blame you for drafting one bit, uh, but it's going to weigh and weigh and weigh because uh, Jacksonville's they're not going to back down, and uh, I don't think MJD is too. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, he's wanting a restructured contract with uh, two years still left on his contract. So, I think that uh, MJD is going to end up coming to his senses and uh, going ahead and uh, playing uh, with uh, with Jacksonville. He's going to have to do that. I see where uh, Scott took uh, Lance Moore, wide receiver, uh, so he's going to help that uh, help his wide receiver crew, and and then he goes uh, Shane Vereen. So he kind of steps out of the box a little bit, but not a bad pick. And uh, Scott, if you're back on and uh, ready to go. Uh, uh, explain. I, I, I like the Lance Moore pick, but uh, explain the Shane Vereen pick. No, it's a total flyer. I mean, at this point in the draft, I had a couple of names queued up. The last, the previous, the previous turn that I had, the nine ten, I considered. Uh, I considered Jacquez Rogers. You know, Ryan Williams, who's the guy that I really wanted to take, and I took Sidney Rice because I was really thin at wide receiver. I mean, I I couldn't get any thinner at that point. I only have two. You know, and so I'm like, okay, I have to do this because I have went kind of heavy at running back and tight end. I can't neglect it anymore. So it was just one of those things. I, I, I had to take a running back at some point to back up uh, those guys and take another flyer. I missed out on Rodgers. Uh, like I said, I missed out on Hillman and Ryan Williams. So, you know, at the end of the day, 
I'm going to bank on the fact that I've got T. Rich, I've got MJD, I have Spiller. Those are guys that are going to put me up some points. I've got a stable of tight ends that probably should put in the, that I should get in the lineup. And then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I just saw Lance Moore was kind of a, a, a safety net player there. Could I, should I have went for gold there? Maybe. But Lance Moore is one of those guys that, uh, you know, look, Robert Meacham's gone. He steps up a little bit. Now he becomes the kind of the undisputed uh, number two wide receiver, and we know the injury history with all these uh, uh, Saints wide receivers. You never know when somebody's going to come up and or, or, or fall down and, and be out, and then Drew Brees is still going to throw for his, you know, megaton yards. So uh, yeah. it's just one of those guys, good offense, good receiver. Let's just put him on there. I think he's really undervalued this year. Let's go to Mark Humphrey, uh, the pump. Very good high-stakes fantasy player. Uh, been around a long time. Starts off the traditional running back, running back, running back. LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, and Doug Martin. Mike, I thought the days of the running back heavy drafts were over, but not so anymore. This year, it's kind of flip-flopped. The depth is tremendous at the wide receiver position. It's almost like anybody can play it, kind of like the running back. And so people are gobbling up those heavy workload running backs. We believe that McCoy is the workhorse. We believe that Jamal Charles uh, hopefully the days are over when he's only getting 10 carries a game. That was just absolutely pathetic. He'll get his four or five catches. This is the PPR league. And then you have Doug Martin, the rookie, uh, for, for Shiano's offense in Tampa uh, that should be uh, the workhorse back. I know that we just talked about it earlier with LeGarrette Blunt and, and the uh, the news that he's not a disciplined player. Look, we've known that since day one, but the kid is still young. He still runs hard. He's not washed up. I think it's going to be a little more competitive than everybody thinks. I think most people are thinking it's like 75-25 in favor of Martin and Blunt. I'll bet you it creeps closer to 60-40 in the year. That's just a prediction. But he, he, he it's interesting. He doesn't. He, he starts off with three running back, comes back with Pettigrew. So you have your stud that gets a lot of receptions. This guy's going to get you 80 balls, count for 120. Then he has Percy Harvin, Steve Johnson, and Titus Young. Nice little lineup there. He also brings in Redmond and backs up Charles with Hillis. Very nice there. And then quarterback Eli Manning and Roethlisberger. So when you look at the pump, again, these high-stakes guys, they really know what they're doing. He could start four running backs easy with Isaac Redmond and Hillis. I mean, he might have five starters there. You just can't start them all. Uh, so he's, his lineup is definitely taken care of. A little thin at the wide receiver at this point. Look for him to shore that up over the next couple of picks, start throwing some darts. Uh, Blackman was a guy that I considered over Lance Moore, but I just thought at the end of the day, you know what? What am I thinking here? I'm thinking about Blackman, who talented, yes, dynasty, great, but I'm thinking about Blaine Gabbard versus Drew Brees. Right now, Blackman's the number two, if that, or the number three for Blaine Gabbard, and Lance Moore's the number two for Drew Brees. I really, at the end of the day, I didn't want to get caught up in the hype factor and say, oh, yeah, I got Blackman, there's my flyer. What's he really going to do with Blaine Gabbard in, in his first year of action? So I'm not I'm not too concerned with that, but I do like the pick. I think Blackman does make sense right around this area. Yeah, it does. Uh, as long as as long as everything's going to be all right with him. I mean, the off the field uh, issues. He's just got to make sure that everything's going to be okay with that uh, because he can be very very explosive. So. Uh, you know, if, if all the field issues are fine, then I'm good with Blackman. So the pump, uh, again, he has a very solid team, you know, studly running backs, probably the best in the league here. 
a good combo in Elon Rosberg. You can't complain with that combo. That That's going to contend with anybody's quarterback position you have. I don't care who you have. And the only question, question mark is, can Harvard and Steve Johnson, who have some injury paths, can they hold it down at the wide receiver position and get those two starters that you need every single week? You do have five weeks to fill out. You do have to cover for injuries. So it's time to really just take some flyers on three, four wide receivers in a row, and this team will be complete. Let's look at our good friend David Dodds from footballguys.com. From the four-hole, Mike, this had to surprise you a little bit. You were thinking, Ryan Matthews, Scott, cue him up there for me, buddy. I'll take Ryan Matthews at five if he takes Calvin. And sure enough, Mr. Dodds took Ryan Matthews at the four pick. Followed it up with Ahmad Bradshaw, who I thought was a little early, uh, just because I'm, I, there's always been this mis- injury mystique about Ahmad Bradshaw. He's going to go down, and you need to back him up. Uh, and David Wilson uh, was taken in the ninth round. So a little too early to get your handcuff for your number two running back. It's very hard to do. So Bradshaw's a very difficult pick for me. Julio Jones at 3-4 was a nice pick. I think he's the guy that you're looking at. If you're in the back part of the draft, you really want to take him somewhere in the back to or late to mid-second. You're, you're almost wanting to pull the trigger, but you're like, ah, I can't do it. He is the guy that has that top five upside that you look for. Uh, in Matt Ryan's vertical offense now. So Julio anchors his position with Mike Wallace, the holdout. Steve Smith from Carolina in the sixth round is a steal. I mean, what did Cam Newton do last year when he got a hold of Steve Smith? Steve Smith, he made him, he returned him to fantasy relevance, made him a star. So to see Steve Smith, again, disrespected being drafted in the sixth round, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, Mike. I mean, you're worried about an injury here because of his age? I get that, but... It doesn't allow yeah. you to impact your draft slot all the way down to sixth round, right? I know. I mean, it, it just – well, apparently it does. I mean, you know, I just uh, I just made a pick on uh, Nelson that, that I probably shouldn't have. And, you know, you, you just kind of do some things that you probably shouldn't do. But uh, I see the pump went ahead and got uh, Austin Colley. And they – some of these picks just kind of surprised me. Uh, Moyaki now, you know, they kind of surprised me, but uh, not really. Uh, because, Scott, this is really – this is going to challenge everybody, and whether you're uh, low stakes, mid stakes, uh, just starting out in fantasy football or high stakes, this really challenges you because there is no definitive this. Or definitive that. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a potpourri. Mike, it's a uh, it's, it's very fascinating. The Pros versus Joes draft, sponsored by, uh, hosted by football uh, fantasy football players championship, and sponsored by the uh, the good friends Darren Armani at FantasyMojo.com. This is his concept, his idea. Thank you, Darren Armani, for putting this contest out there. We enjoy it. It's a thrill. Great way to kick off our drafting skills and kind of get the jitters out of the way. You know, you you kind of you kind of lose those jitters after the pros versus Joe's draft. So we're really thankful to Darren for providing these drafts for us, and it and it is a lot of fun. But let's continue to look at David Dodd's team here: Matthew Bradshaw, Julio Wallace, Vic, Steve Smith. He's dominant through six rounds. Tony Gonzalez through seven, and then he starts to take suppliers: Denarius Moore, Kenny Britt. Matt Schaub, Heath Miller, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, he's, he's obviously at the tight end spot there, making sure that he does have a little bit more than Tony Gonzalez. 
with the age, I think it was very wise to do so and be thinking about that. With Vic, he does want to back him up, and he gets a respectable backup in Schaub. Uh, the only question that you really have here is only two running backs on the board so far for David Dodds, and we're in the 13th round. And yeah, you have Ryan Matthews and Ahmad Bradshaw, who it doesn't get any more dinged up than those guys, right, other than McFadden. I mean, Matthews has a college history of injuries. He did play last year for the most part. Bradshaw played for the most part, but two running backs through 12 rounds, just very surprising that you would continue to pass. Team construction, uh, i got to get this – got to say this. It's, I, I see it all the time with players, and I'm not, I'm not faulting anybody or this or that. Everybody's got their own strategy, and at the end of the day, somebody's going to be better than the others. But I think a lot of times uh, drafters look at best player available, and they say, you know what, I'm not going to bend from that, I'm not going to move from that, and you neglect the team construction component. Yeah. You have to be thinking about team construction and bye weeks and injuries, and when that happens, what do you do? Uh, Best-case scenario, I think, drafting, uh, okay, you know what, it's a big contest. There's a couple, you know, and there's almost 200 teams in this thing or what have you or, or over 100. So you do think that, you know what, I can just put a, a good team out there, cross my fingers, and hope it all works out. But I think everybody has to kind of prepare for a little bit of the injury bug to hit and the – you know, the couple of games to get missed, especially at the running back position. So I'm just curious where are these sleepers are at. And I'd love to hear I'd love to hear David, you know, call us up. He will be co hosting the football guys players championship draft with us here on Red vs. Blue uh in just a couple of weeks. So, you know, maybe he can talk about it then. Maybe he's a little uh too busy tonight. But I would like to understand what exactly is going on when you when you only take two two running backs through thirteen rounds. Uh, it, it's almost hard to believe that somebody well, God, could hold on. I mean, you know, it can, it can get out of hand, uh, and I've seen it happen. I mean, hell, it happened to me, uh, you know, a couple years ago without – I only took one defense and one kicker. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it just – you know, you, you lose track of it. But when you're talking about a uh, – uh, pristine position like running back, uh, yeah, that that is a little surprising. But you know, he might have something in store. You know, he might just take a bunch of uh, backup uh, running backs and uh, and say, hey, you know, these are my two guys. And when these are when these guys aren't playing, then I'm going to hope that my wide receivers carry the load because in this in this uh, format, you know, I think you can only have one uh, running back. Is that correct? No, no, no. This is uh, no. This is FFPC format, Mike. Uh, you got you got to start two. You can start up to four, and uh, you know this. You've only, you're you're playing in the main event in Vegas this year, bro. So uh, I, I don't understand. Dear God. You want me to ask you to roll back the draft for you? 
No, I want Andy Dalton. You do? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. He wants him. All right. He was just he was curious. He he was gonna pause the draft for you, but uh, yep. if, if that's what you want, I want him. Okay. All right, three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. This is the infamous Red versus Blue show. Mike Michael Trent and Scott Atkins, Red versus Blue. We are live at the Pros versus Joe's draft. The crew, the chat room here at Red versus Blue, uh, is has been a, a great crowd tonight. They are. Uh, if you have any questions or you want to prepare for your drafts, there's not a better place to be than one of the chat rooms, whether it be uh, the BFD, the Big F and Dynasty show, the BFD show with Allie and Lou. You've got the High Stakes Fantasy Hour with Dave Gerzak and Eric Baldwin. That's at 10 o'clock every Friday night. And then, obviously, you finish up your week here at Red vs. Blue. Uh, whew. This has been some draft, Mike. Um, we're, we're on the um, 13th round, sixth pick. We, we are halfway through, and it's taken us an hour and 45 minutes, so you can book it that this draft is going to take about three hours and 30 minutes. And may, maybe it could speed up a little bit at the end, but most of the time near the end of the draft, it takes even longer. These 26-round uh, drafts do take a while. But you know what? You sit it. You forget it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to put put in the uh, put in the time week to week. It's, uh, it's it's very easy to manage, and that's what we like and what's so appealing about the draft masters. You can get your practice. You can draft the team. You can really lay out your ADP and uh, take a look at how that is, how everybody's falling in the draft, and then really set out your strategy so it doesn't take you a minute and a half on the clock here, people. <laughs> Sorry. Now, the FFPC is releasing their draft slots. After the weekend is over, maybe we can get them a little early, Dave, if you wouldn't be out at the bar. I mean, never mind. If you could come in and get the draft slots on Monday, that would be really cool. It would be awesome. At that point, we really start to get the mock it up and, and try to get as many drafts and look at as many drafts from that spot. So, Mike, if you get the one spot, what's that look like? If you get the six, what does that look like? I think this year – there's not really a decided advance. I know a lot of people are saying you want to be at the top part of the draft to get that stud, court, stud running back that way. The rest of the draft is chasing you because wide receivers are so deep this year. But I'm not so sure. I think the middle of the draft, uh, that's kind of where your tight ends start to fall, the middle to later portion of the, of the draft. You still get you a stud like Graham or Gronk. And, you know, look, those guys led people to fantasy titles last year. So, I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with with really any spot in the draft this year. I think you can win from anywhere, Mike. Cause that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's no difference between one uh, versus twelve. Uh, it, it can. Uh, y- you're going to find your advantages. It just depends. It depends on the the people you're drafting against. To be honest with you, in each league, uh, because you, you're going to get some value. Like last year, I mean. I, I ran into a league in in the Kentucky League uh, that, to be honest with you, how in the heck can I get Ray Rice at number six? Well, it happened. And so it just depends on the, the people you're drafting against. Take some luck, and uh, you just have to have your players in place, know when you want to take them, and uh, go from there. All right, Mike, I'm getting ready to take a uh, big um, sleeper. As soon as Kirk gets off the clock, buddy, Kirk, if you make your pick any time now, I can get this out of the way. Thank you very much. Uh, I get my guy. There's my sleeper. 
And I'm going to come back here and make sure that I do have a backup quarterback. Uh, any of these guys will really do. I'm not uh, – I mean, Fitzpatrick, 4,024 last year. That's pretty impressive year that people are kind of overlooking, you know. Sanchez, 32 touchdowns? Wow. You don't really think when you say Mark Sanchez you're going to get 32 touchdowns, you know. But, hey, you do. Um, I don't really have a, a, a huge desire to back up Cam Newton at this point. The guy doesn't really have a lot of bad weeks, you know. So, the only reason I would be taking a quarterback at this spot just to talk through it would be to block somebody from getting a very respectable backup. And I don't know how much defense really plays into this. this you're trying to win the whole thing, you know. So I'm not real sure that I that I do take one, but I'm looking at the Rodgers owner, the Brady owner, the Breeze, and Stafford. They've all got their backup. If Cam Newton goes down, I'm really out of this contest, so I better back him up. The question is with who, Ryan Fitzpatrick? Or Andrew Luck, and at the bye week situation, uh, what's Cam's bye week? I I gotta look it up. I don't even know it. I don't even have it in front of me. Cam Newton's bye week is anybody? Drum roll. Nobody knows. Oh well, you know what? I'm out of time. I'm out of time. I gotta go ahead and take him. It's Andrew Luck. All right, there there it goes. Didn't get the chance to see. Let's hope they don't share the same bye week. Thank God they don't. Okay, Cam Newton's a six. And Andrew Luck is four, so okay, got extremely lucky there. <laughs> That's what you get with a live draft, Mike. Three four seven three two four five four zero four. We are doing the Twitter rapid fire tonight. We talked about the mid tier quarterbacks. If you miss out on the quarterback, what do you do? Who do you take? How do you rank them? Let's go back to the Twitter uh, feed at Red Blue Radio. Anita Jag J on Twitter. She tweets. Romo, Ryan, Rivers, Eli, and, again, Peyton Manning last. Mike, again, there's another underrated underrated tandem of Eli and Peyton being the last to go. And, and, and let's, let's preface this with saying we're assuming that Rodgers, Breeze, Brady, Cam Newton, Stafford, and Vic are all off the board. So we're trying to say who rounds out the top ten and who falls outside of the top ten. Now, Peyton Manning, she has Peyton Manning fifth on this list, Mike, and that would make Peyton the 11th quarterback off the board. If that's the case, this guy has been top 10 in all 13 of his seasons. You really think that a change of scenery from from Indiana to Denver is going to change all that? I mean, is the next surgery going to change Peyton Manning and how he becomes a top – he's not a top ten quarterback anymore. He was top five in all but two of those seasons, Mike. So, you give him weapons. He's got Demarius. He's got Decker. We know Tammy and the story with McGahee and Hillman and Moreno. He's got all the weapons. He's got an offensive line. Peyton Manning throws for 4,000 yards and 27 touchdowns. How is that not a top ten season? I don't doubt – I don't doubt – Peyton's ability right now, I think he's 100% healthy. Uh, I think he does have weapons. I don't think he has the weapons that he had in Indy. Uh, I don't think he had the offensive line that he had in Indy. And honestly, I don't think that he's going to be going up against, uh, well, I think he's going to be going up against a much tougher uh, defense in that beleaguered AFC West. Uh, but 
at the end of the day, Peyton, he hasn't lost anything. I mean, have you seen him on TV? Have you seen what he's been doing? I mean, this guy's ready to go. But I will not I, – I don't expect him to put up top five stats. He's going to be fifth in that category. Yeah, it is, it's, it's difficult to see Peyton Manning uh, going as late as he was. I mean, look, when the FFPC was formed years ago, I took Peyton Manning in the fifth round, early fifth, and I thought it was the biggest steal I'd ever had, and it led me to a playoff finish in their first year. So I, I look at Peyton Manning in the fifth round then, and then you come back and you look at, you know, where he's going now. It's just a change of scenery, and you have to think that these guys paid him a whole lot of money. And you would have to think that they also did their due diligence on this surgery and this injury and his ability to zip it in there. I mean, we were watching, uh, you know, uh, our, our good friend um, <clears throat> Cecil Lammy tweeted the other day that he, he zipped it. You know, there was no way that Decker had any separation at all from Champ Bailey. And and he Peyton Manning finds a way to fit it into that little small window with zip on the ball right into Decker. And that's what we come to expect from Peyton Manning. There's no doubt about it. That's exactly what Peyton does is he gets it into those tight windows where no other quarterback can, and he has right. the receivers to do it. So I'm, I'm just, again, I, I'm a little I'm a little surprised to see that the, the fantasy nation is so scared to death of that uh, injury that sidelined him for life. He sat out all of last year. I don't know if he could have played, and they decided, you know what, it's not good for his career. Well, I guess we may never know. Um, I don't think, Scott, I don't really think uh, the fantasy world, yeah, me as a uh, fantasy owner, whatever, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not scared of the injury. That's not what I'm scared about. I'm more scared about the change of scenery, believe it or not. Uh, I know Denarius Thomas, uh, Jacob Tammy, and the other weapons that they're going to have, they're going to be there. I'm just concerned about the change of scenery because, I mean, it was so structured in Indy. Everything was so structured from the head coach to, 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 to the offensive coordinator to Peyton to the running backs, you know, showing them in left and right to all them wide receivers that they had. That's what I'm worried about. I, I don't care about the, the injury. I think it's fine. It's just a change of scenery and everything that he's going to have to deal with. All right, Mike, you are you are on the clock, buddy. Um, the Houston oh, Texans went FF today, took the Houston Texans in the 14th round. We, we started to see the first defense go off the board in the 11th with the Niners. We then saw the Packers go, the Eagles, Steelers, and now Texans. And, and teams, you got to get your uh, tight end. you got to get your defenses and kickers. And so, you know, maybe at this point things will start to – speed up a little bit. The Matt Ryan pick uh, in this rapid fire is a little bit interesting because I, I think at the end of the day, people are kind of in the middle with Matt Ryan. You either see the upside, you see the potential, you see what he has been doing. Look, fifth year, he's improved each and every year. Last year, 4,100 yards, 29 touchdowns, and only 12 interceptions. That's a heck of a quarterback, folks. I mean, you don't throw for 4,000 yards to go 29 and 12 and not be a very special quarterback. So this guy always had a little bit of Peyton Manning in him. He, uh, Peyton Manning also choked in the playoffs quite a bit early in his career. Uh, Matt Ryan has done the same, uh, no doubt about it. When he's, when he's made the playoffs, had a good team, he hasn't performed where he's needed to, 
where where his potential has always thought it would take him. He's a four thousand and twenty seven guy. When he when he threw for forty one hundred and twenty nine last year, I looked at myself and I'm like, he's going to be better this year, right? I mean, Julio's going to be better. Roddy's still going to be there. It's going to make things a little easier. Uh, and and again, Turner's getting a little bit older, so so maybe they'll take a little bit of pressure off of him. And I think everybody that watched the New Orleans Saints and Darren Sproles last year, they said, you know what, I got to get me one of those. And maybe they have one in Jacquez Rogers because it's I, I, I'm hearing a lot of uh, you know around the league that Darren Sproles is now the prototypical running back in the NFL. <laughs> and if that's the case. Well, then Jacquez Rogers is going to fit in perfectly with this new NFL, and Matt Ryan's going to have yet another toy and weapon to allow that big, huge offensive line that Atlanta has to move around, block, open up seams, and really take uh, Quiz Rogers to the house. So I think, actually, things are going to get better for Matt Ryan, and if it gets better, he's a steal in the top, in the later top ten. and He's got top five written all over him. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it, Scott. Uh, Matt Ryan, uh, I'm just kind of looking at all five of these uh, mid-tier quarterbacks that we've been talking about. And, uh, you know, when you're talking fantasy numbers, uh, I'm going to put here, – here's going to be my final ranking, and this might sound kind of crazy, but uh, as far as fantasy numbers, uh, Phillip Rivers, one, Matt Ryan, two, Tony Romo, three, Eli Manning, four, and Peyton, five. Wow. You have Peyton Manning outside your top ten. It's just, you know, I I, I just, uh, that's the way I see it. You know, it's interesting that we, uh, Dave Drinker Josh makes a good comment in the chat room I saw earlier. It's interesting to see Peyton Manning go so late, yet both of his top wide receivers go so early. (laughs) You know, it, it, it's just a, it's, it's yeah. very interesting to see how the fantasy, uh, fantasy, what the fantasy community thinks. I, I look at Tony Romo, and I, and I see a guy that pretty much has 4,000 yards and 28 touchdowns penciled all over him. You know, I mean, it, 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 there's not a lot of, of question marks that you have about Tony Romo. The only question mark you have is, is he going to stay healthy? Um, he's always has a, has that, you know, can he make that next leap and make that and win those playoff games and be that quarterback that everybody feels like Tony Romo could be? He has a head case for a wide receiver. He has a fallback pillow, a tight end, and he has a fallback at wide receiver in Miles Austin. So the question is, can Romo be that stuff? So we're going to find out, Mike. Look, we didn't get to do half of the teams here, and I'm a. We're going to have to make time and come back and do another special show to get the rest of these teams. Uh, Doug Orr. Sargon Shamus, Krista Vault, Justin Myers, we talked about him. Kirk Osborne's been sniping me all night. A lot of good drafts here. I love Sargon Shamus' team with Jimmy Graham, Gates, and Fred Davis. Three of the top five picks are stud tight ends. You don't see a lot of holes there. Lynch, Helu, Lloyd Little. These are strategies you're going to have to take a look at. Maybe one of these is the FFPC secret formula. That's what we're all looking for, Mike. Hey, it's been a lot of fun. I hope you stay safe with the storms. And, um, Mike, any, any, go, last, any last word? Good to go. Good to go. Getting ready to draft. And uh, just uh, everybody have a safe time out there, man. All right. This has been Red versus Blue, guys. Thanks for joining us on Pros versus Joe's Week. We'll see you next week. 
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.